off we go. We're recording um, a podcast. Can you imagine that at our age? Hey, let's, let's, let's let them know who, what they're listening to. Thank Today. you for stopping by. Stop me if I've heard this. I'm Susan Rice. That's right. She always does this, Lonnie. She goes, I'm Susan Rice to cue me to say I'm Art Krug. And she I knows do I won't it do it. Because we want our new listeners to know who know we that are. that it's Art and- Krug and Susan Rice. <laughs> And we're lucky enough to have a good friend of ours, a longtime friend and funny, funny comic. Funny. I should have said that three. Funny, funny, funny comic. <laughs> Lonnie Brune is in the Zoom meeting. and Lonnie Brune, our buddy Lonnie Brune, yay! Yeah. I, you know, I'm sorry I couldn't be there live, and it's not like I'm in... Uh, you know, on a shoot in Africa or anything like that. But, <laughs> well, that'd be uh, nice. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I don't think I would do well in Africa. I, 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 I really don't. But no, it's fine. It's a nasty day. It's just every time Art and I do a Zoom now, we used to do it all the time. You know, yeah. during COVID, we were Zooming back and forth. Oh. But every time we try to do it now, it's like, okay, we got to start at eight o'clock in the morning trying to get this thing right. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I set my alarm for six, you know, I was, oh my God. just to get us straight. Yeah. And, you know, I kind of know what I'm doing with audio, but I was like, yeah, something's going to go wrong. <laughs> so I, I, well, it did, but it, we got it fixed. Thank God. So, oh, good, good. Ours got I, so many it, buttons. I wish that I could have uh, joined you live just because. Uh, you know, Zoom is good and all, but the you know it's hard to like dial in the sound, you know. And then when you're doing a, a live show, like, and everybody's all in the same room, it's like it's it's perfect. So you know, speaking right. of which, now that you're leaning into your microphone, Lonnie, um, you're coming in a little hot. Okay, well, that's what, I, that's what we say in the sound booth here. Yeah, how's that? How's that? That's better. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll just sit back and relax then. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I. Sit That's back. what I want to do anyway. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, my uh, uh, it's good to see you. It's been a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's different now. You know. It I is. mean, I feel like we're all on the planet Mars, and we're not allowed to go right outside there. of the bubble. You know. So, yeah, right. We are. Yeah. It's hopefully it's getting better. Have you been doing some shows? Uh no no I haven't. Uh you know I did the one, and I don't uh, know what. The, well, explain that. Yeah. Um, well, I did uh, one show a few months back in in Yakima. I think it was Yakima. Um, no, it was uh, uh, it, it was uh, Kennewick, Kennewick, Washington, and uh-huh. that was the first time I had been on stage uh, since the pandemic. So well, that's you know, kind of the deep it, end jumping in the deep end with COVID. You, yeah. You jumped into the deep end on that one. <laughs> Going that, to Kenway. Yeah. 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 yeah it, country. it was, it was weird. Like, I mean, if things had just lifted for like a short period of time, there was like oh, that right, little yeah. window. They said, Hey, you can go out and, and yeah. do stuff. Um, but we really don't know if you'll live, you know, <laughs> did, you, did you do an outdoor show or an indoor show? It was an indoor show, and, oh, it, and and it was Kennewick, so they really didn't give a shit. They just mm-hmm. no, oh like, god, no. You know, I mean, it was yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, it was uh, Morgan. It was Preston Morgan that that put everything together. And oh yeah, did you do that little boat or that little hotel? Yeah, think, yeah. yeah, and mm-hmm. and I I promised myself that I wasn't going to perform at all during the, you know, until I wasn't going to perform again until there was a show that was like set right and produced right. Right. And so when Morgan asked me about it, 
Um, you know, I had always told myself if somebody came along and offered me a gig and I trusted the person who was putting it together, I'm going to do it. Um, and I trust Morgan. He does a great job. He doesn't want things to suck any more than us. Right. And so I just said, yeah, no, I'll do it. And then I was excited and, and then hung up the phone and then just thought to myself, what the hell did I just get myself into? <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. And I, and I had like a panic attack for like a week, you know, and, uh, -huh. uh I got down there. Um, I took my friend James and, uh, that's the first time that I ever, I haven't had stage fright since I was like started comedy. And it was just so weird because all through the pandemic, I was having dreams about doing right. shows and, and, you know, you'd think a dream would turn out right, but oh, a, God, show, no. a comedy yeah. show in a dream is like <laughs> doing a triple gig. Nothing's working. And, oh, yeah, and yeah. so it just, uh, but I, I got down there and everything was fine. And, uh, James is going to do a little time uh, up front. He, he drove me down there and, uh, and, you know, I told Morgan and all that, but apparently they didn't know. And so I'm like in the hallway, just trying to really get, you know, myself in the zone. Yeah, <laughs> and, it's a bitch. And I have like my headset on, I'm listening to music and everything. And, uh, and then I see James come, because he's supposed to be on stage and he's like pointing to me, but I'm like listening, like I'm jamming out to like bluegrass, you know, and I can't <laughs> hear a damn thing. And, <laughs> but he looks scared. So I knew something was up. Right. So I, uh, I get down there and he's like, dude, they just brought you up and, and, uh, and I, I'm not going on stage and, and you got to go up there right now. And so I go, oh. yeah. So I had no prep at all. Right. And, and I, he seemed like he was pretty stressed because he thought he was going to get to do some time and he was all worried. And I'm like, don't worry, you're going to do time. So <laughs> I went up there and I go, there's been a mistake and they didn't know that my partner was here. So, uh, that's how I open all my shows. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's been like, a mistake. I'm your headliner, but <laughs> I'll be back be later. <laughs> so so did you have a feature act? Yeah. I mean, uh, he was, there was a host and then, um, a feature act and then James, James was going to do a little guest set. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah. Uh, so I just went up and I told him, I just, you know, you know me, like I go up on stage and I'll, I'll just, I don't mind sharing all the background stuff you know, just because <laughs> yeah. I, it's just easier just to not bullshit the audience. And so I went ahead and said, okay, uh, there's been a little mistake here, but we're going to bring uh, a really good comic up. And then he went up and killed it and then brought me back up. And, uh, and then I, uh, I had like rehearsed, I had really worked through my set the entire time. And then mm. I get to the stage and the, the cord of the mic, um, and I'm going to adjust my mic just a little bit so I don't bump it. Uh, but the cord to the microphone wrapped around, uh, the wheel to my three old man purse walker. Right. Oh, and, and, oh, it, and it pulled the mic down. And oh. so the mic's falling, right. Oh. And as, the, <laughs> as the mic is falling, 
I actually grab the mic stand with my right hand, oh, you know, yeah. and like I reach back and my right hand's not the good hand. Like that's right. not, that <laughs> okay. is not the, no, my right hand does not like the rest of my body. It likes to mess with me all the time. So <laughs> it goes to, but it grabbed it, you know, and, oh, yeah. and then, but it's always trying to get me to stop drinking. I think my right hand doesn't want me to drink <laughs> because I have my drink in my left hand. So it grabs it and my left hand just, flings it because i'm gonna fall <laughs> and i'm and i'm trying to balance myself so i don't dislocate oh, my knee no. oh my God. And, but i i save it all and i spill the drink and then i gather it all together <laughs> and <laughs> and some guy in the audience says he goes uh good save and i go no it fucking wasn't i just lost my drink you know that, that's how i get through this shit you know and and then we just uh and then I improvised for like 20 minutes and, and it made me realize that like, uh, I'm like, you can plan as much as you want, but after missing comedy that long and being that scared, that one second of everything going wrong reminded me that's how comedy is. You mm -hmm. don't plan for it. You yeah. just ease yourself into whatever's going to come your way. And, yeah, you can't control and it everything. felt like home again. And then, the, and then I, I didn't have a problem for the rest of the night, you know, oh, that's just, great. Yeah, yeah it was, it's it's that first show back is is harrowing for everybody. <laughs> it's harrowing for everyone. Don't you love openings to shows that go like that where everything goes wrong all at once and your credibility is just flying right out the window? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't worry about my credibility so much as like because most of the time it's it's not. Um, it's not us, you know? Uh -huh. And so, uh, you know, I don't know if they think we put all this together ourselves, but we don't. Uh -huh. And, uh, sometimes, and, and, you know, when we do things rarely go as bad as, you know, you know, when you're planning it yourself, it doesn't go as bad, but, uh, I, I don't necessarily, I don't, maybe it's just, I don't care, you know, like I'm just, right. I'm, you know, I, you know, we're all human. So when you're on stage, um, it is what it is. And so I, I don't, I guess, and you know, you, well, it wasn't, it wasn't a big, it wasn't a big theater. It was a regular right. bar. Yeah. Show, so <laughs> that's the thing. I mean, th that's it. You can't really be too upset that you're not hitting it off with people in Missoula, you know, <laughs> like it's, I it's was just happy right. to do it. Wasn't, yeah. It wasn't a seven camera shoot. It was right. just, yeah. yeah. You know what it yeah. was? It was nice. It in the beginning, it was nice to do a show that wasn't where people were out of their car. That was yeah. what was exciting for us <laughs> instead of just honking so you, for laughter. You didn't do any of those Literally. outdoor shows. I didn't do any of the outdoor shows. I didn't do anything. I stayed in my house. Mm -hmm. You have kids, for, though, right? Like, yeah, um, they're they're out now. Like, oh, they're uh, my my son, uh, my oldest son just turned twenty one, and he's no. living on his own. Doing no great. way. Yeah, no. he just turned twenty one. Wow. And, uh, I thought no you kicked my, I, I would have <laughs> yeah. thought you kicked him out uh, at like eleven. He turned twenty-one in March, uh -huh. wow. and again, that was during a time when we had that brief window mm -hmm. where people could go to the bar. So we actually, I got to go right. to a bar and have a drink with him. Wow! Oh, cool. and, um, and that was that was super cool. Um, yeah. My younger son turned eighteen in August, mm. and so. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's, it's been an interesting couple of years, but I spent most of the time, you know, part of the pandemic, my son was living here. Um, and your youngest and, son, uh, my oldest son. Um, okay. yeah, he, he was, he was living here and, um, 
but uh, it's weird because before COVID, I uh, I got really sick in the end of October. Uh, yeah, um, no, it was the end of uh, it was about the end of December, right? Um, of nineteen? No, no, you know, it was it was January. It was about the it was about the third week or fourth week of January. Mm-hmm. And I got sick. Uh, Braden got sick, and and then and then he got me sick, and then he got Wendy sick, and we were all sick for a long time. But With I we were all sick or? for a long time. But I was sick, and from that week until uh, shortly after Valentine's Day, and I I remember that because uh, Wendy was upset because I was so sick that we couldn't really celebrate. Mm-hmm. And I kept saying for like, you know, about the fifth or sixth week, I'm like, I've never been sick consistently sure. this long. Yeah. And then news breaks that there's this pandemic right. going right. on. And it was really chilling because I, I just looked at Wendy and I'm like, we, we had COVID, you know, it, mm-hmm. that had to have been it. John right. Justin and, had it too. That's yeah. what happened to John. He got sick in January. Now, now, did you ever and have we, a diagnosed? Do you know if it was COVID? I, I never, you know, I never had a diagnose, but I, I kept saying I wanted to go in for a while, but I was so exhausted that mm-hmm. just the thought of going in was the reason why I didn't. And right. well, they can um, still test to see if you have the antibodies, no matter what. Yeah, I mean, I I would definitely do that because I, I'm ninety five percent, I'm ninety nine percent sure because we had long haul. I mean. Uh, that was actually worse than the COVID. But I remember the last week uh, that I had it, I, I was finally starting to get better. And then I had a really bad coughing attack that um, like that yeah, I ended COVID. up breaking. I ended up breaking a rib. Oh, my God. Um, oh, and my so, God. Yeah. I know. <laughs> no, you had COVID. Oh. You had yeah. It. And so uh, but I still got the vaccine and uh, I got oh, yeah. both doses because I figured uh, I kind of think COVID's like the chicken pox. If you get a really light case, mm-hmm. you're probably going to get it again. Um, mm. But if you, if you have a really bad case and then you do the things you need to do to not get it again, you'll have a better chance of not getting it. And, and certainly so, the vaccine helps with uh, the severity of it too. Yeah. And yeah. they don't know what the problem is. This has happened to, you're the third, you're the third comic friend that I, that I know that got, they got really sick in January uh-huh. and um, John got sick in December and was in Portland at his mother's house after she passed for a long time. Uh-huh. And then uh, my buddy, Nick, anyway, um, and my buddy, Nick, who is a diabetic also now has uh, after effects. Uh-huh. He has, he had, he's sure he had it. And yeah, you know, so it's, you just don't know what, what else after having it that severely, you know, and you're lucky that you don't have after effects from it. I, I mean, we did like I had long haul and, and I still have racing heartbeat. Um, mm-hmm. I still have uh, I mean, I had a really hard time concentrating. Um, I still, you know, have a hard time focusing ever since then getting the vaccine helped. Like it felt like torture, but that first dose, reduced those long those long haul symptoms wow. a lot like a, it, oh, it was I'm a so huge, glad it was a huge difference because wow. um i mean it really 
as bad as going through with COVID was the long haul, it depressed me. I mean, I, I, uh, I mean, I, we all were kind of in a dark place there for a while and right. it was, um, there's a lot of things that led to some, some pretty, uh, you know, foul depression on my side, depression I've never had before, um, which was interesting because my son has always struggled with, with, uh, uh, with depression. And, and I, you know, I really, I got a very good taste of what uh, he was going through and he got a very good taste of what I was going through because when he was really depressed and laying in bed all the time, you know, it infuriated me. And, and, I was like, you got to, you know, work through it. And so it's like, we both got to see each other from the other side. And right. it really, it, it helped us understand a better way to communicate about it all. I really understood that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as easy to get outside of the bed as I thought it was. It was, mm. it was a, a pretty weird time, you know, because yeah. if I got up the heartbeats would, and, and I would do a lot of anxiety and, but a lot of that, I mean, significantly reduced once, once I actually got, uh, you know, got the first the first dose. And, oh, I'm glad. Well, I'm so glad yeah. to hear that. God, I'm yeah. Right. Well, God. That's where Art and I, you know, I think the deep people, people that are real deep emotionally, <laughs> went into a spiral. Right. Art and I just kind of, ah, oh, we're just gonna keep yeah. going, well, keep yeah. going. <laughs> but you know, I mean, you guys like. Uh, you well, know. Art took care of his wife the whole time, a lot yeah. of the time. And, you know, and they're just like you get like we're all getting older i'm i'll be 50 this month and oh shut uh, up i am I'm, I'm dead serious i'll be 50 on november 20th and i'll a be little 70 con- <laughs> yeah, a little context I got here yeah you Hold don't on. but here's the thing back like, up guys- a little i gotta give a little context to our listener lonnie turning 50 <laughs> when we first met lonnie he was just of age to do stand-up shows barely. right mm-hmm. barely, barely old enough I, you know, I, the first time I stepped on stage was at Somer Dollar in 1989 Mm -hmm. and, uh, I was 17. So I, I was not old enough to go to bars. It was a pizza parlor. So, um, and it wasn't like, I mean, they still serve beer and wine and stuff, but, um, and it was, those those were the woot woo years. Yeah. Those were definitely the woot woo years. For (laughs) the listeners, that means that he used to do a bit about not being able to whistle. So he'd have to see it. Attractive woman and go woo woo, <laughs> and that was back when you were working. That was yeah. that was back when you were working cute. You were yeah, working no, kind was, of PG. I was, working, I, was and, I was working cute. I uh, yeah, and then you switched. What you know? Cause, wait, I want to go back to the what we will use because I want to talk about Lonnie because I think I took Lonnie on his very first road gig. So, I think it was actually the first one you were ever on. You had your little Honda. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to correct you on this because here's the okay. thing. I, I do my research. I want, I've been listening to your show on and off for like the last year or so. Oh, I'm but sorry. I knew, I, no, I, <laughs> I, I, I love your show. I, you know, talk to other comedians that love your show. Oh, nice. And so it'd been a while since I'd listened to it and I wanted to get a feel for, you know, if we're, if it's going to be more serious tone or if we're going to, uh, you know, it's going to be more joke or, uh, and, and it turns out, and I'm looking through to see what I want to watch or listen to. And, uh, and I see the Ron Osborne episode. Oh, oh right, my yeah. God. It was so great. And so <laughs> I listened to that, 
yesterday. Oh, wow. And that oh, was good. one of the best damn shows that oh, no. I mean, I it was hilarious. It. I'm pissed at him because I he didn't call me when he came back into town. Oh, right. Yeah. But, uh, but I listened yeah. to it and there's a lot of um, I have stories. I think we talked the, about you on that on that you, podcast. You, you did. And yeah, we mentioned um, you. And you guys talked about you. You would mention my first time. It was my first time working for Tribble. Oh, my, okay. my first time ever doing comedy out like on the road wow. was up in Canada right. with Stu Scott, actually, oh, Jesus. Who, who was a oh. partner of the, the Sean um, Menzer guy. And, oh, I remember uh, all those years. Uh, oh, God. Those and gigs. so Ooh. I went up there with the old pro Bob Hansen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my gosh. Yeah, he used oh to carry God. a deep fryer with him. Uh, to cook his own donuts in his motel room. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. He and yes, he did. Oh my god! Yeah. No, and uh, and in he had a station wagon, mm-hmm. and uh, and I get in, and it's a cloud of cancerous smoke. Like he's, just, it is just. I mean, I think it was green interior, but not really. You know, it I was, know, it I was, know. It was more brown, but and uh, and so he goes. And he introduces himself, and I mean, we're five minutes out of the gate, you know, and I'm driving for my first time out of the country, first time doing comedy, you know, away from home, and he's like, I'm the old pro Bob Hansen. Yeah, she definitely got the old and all. You don't ever say the word fuck or I'll come up on stage and drag you off. Uh (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm freaking out, you know, and because I. (laughs) Because you were like 12. Yeah. You were so young. (laughs) I was, I think it was, uh, I think it was 18. Yes. (laughs) And I, you know, and, and I swore and stuff, but I wasn't, you know, that dirty then, but. No. Uh, but I got on stage and I was so nervous because of that that I ended up saying fuck. And oh. then I got and then I did that and went, oh fuck, and did it again. <laughs> and I'm looking for Bob in the crowd because I thought he's gonna come and get me. And uh and I <laughs> I'm I, I'm seriously looking for him. I'm like this guy's gonna get me. I was more movable back then, but not you know. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah. Still wasn't. Uh, but he didn't come, and yeah, uh, you know, I finished that, my set, that, that and I remember getting off the stage and 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 saying to him like, I I was scared to death you were gonna come up and take me. He goes, No, no, I I was just joking. I just wanted to point out that <laughs> y- you know you're putting yourself in that situation. If you think that word's going to get you out of something, I just wanted to remind you of of how much people don't realize they're doing it. And right. so it was, a, it was a real lesson. I mean, I didn't, I I took that to heart back then, right. and then you know it went out the window since. But you know. uh-huh. <laughs> um, well, but he had a lot of theories from an old school. You- I want to know if you remember the size of that guy's go- goiter in the in, in the tow truck that we were in. That no, day. yeah. Oh my God, that guy—he had a no, twin. It, uh, it was like a twin. Oh, on his it was. Neck. It was huge. I was like, honestly don't remember that part because I was probably traumatized by the fact that I I had stranded us, you know, and and well, I didn't I, have I didn't have, but I mean he. And you didn't um, have AAA. <laughs> no, no. Um, he put Aaron Nebel like he, he didn't even have like Aaron Nebel. He's got a, a pretty good twin, and this guy, this, like this, this guy, it was so funny. And I, and then, and I'm looking. I'm sitting in the middle between Lonnie's on the door, oh. and I'm in the middle next to the this driver. And this guy had this 
and God love him is just like it's what year is this you have a goiter would Jesus Christ have some salt anyway it's you know, and it was like it was huge and I kept looking at Lonnie and he I'm going help me and he starts he starts talking movies and this guy loved movies and they were talking back and forth and I'm going oh my god just get me out of here yeah but, so, but he was a nice guy I it right. was you know but he has uh, a lot of opinions crazy. from when he started doing comedy in the I, 40s or 50s whatever i'm surprised i didn't like offer to sit in the middle that seems terrible to put you in the middle like mm-hmm. that oh i sat <laughs> in the middle oh yeah i mean i that should have been i should have sat in the middle no, okay it's fine all right uh, so but, now i want to get back to my question because okay, at some point you <laughs> yeah. um switched you made the switch you decision you made it i think a conscious decision to stop trying to be the pg a cutesy comic on stage and start just speaking your voice, which is pretty much R rated, if not X rated at times. And, and let's not, let's not forget about the uh, skunk mullet that you have. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's another yeah, thing. You were, you were, uh, you were, you were looking rock and roll, but you were very clean. Yeah, no, I like like uh, Corey Haynes, you know, uh, in his best days, <laughs> like it was, right. it was pretty rough. Uh, so when, when did you change? And, and I, I do want to mention that, uh, but I, I don't want to forget this point. Ron was saying, and and we'll go back to it in a minute, but Ron was saying that everybody up in Canada was scared of me because I had a mullet um, and thought I was gay. And I'm telling you right now, that's Canada. Like they, that was like their national symbol at, at one point. It, it was going to take over the leaf, you know, like I think they debated about it in, in, in parliament, you know, it was either that or the loony and they went with the loony, but it, I'm, you know, so yeah, everyone had a mullet in Canada. It wasn't just me, but, oh, right. yeah. uh, but it, I definitely, I definitely really, I had a very pretty mullet. I had a, my sister is a beautician. So, uh, so let's get, I know, let's get back to Art's question. I'm sorry. So, so you, you worked clean for a long time for about the first four years of your four, was it about four years? About that. Um, maybe, maybe six. Okay. And then what changed? Um, so it wasn't about changing from being clean to dirty. Um, it was, it had to do with trying to make everyone happy. Uh, I started my career and I had this, this uh, impression that if you, if you just don't cause any problems and you, you put on a show that is, you know, doable and consistent and you, you show up on time and you, you perform you you and you're good with the management and you're flexible with the bookers right that everything is going to turn out good and you'll continue to climb up the ladder of comedy and then i realized that that was bullshit and it had nothing to do with whether or not you were cooperating with the bookers and i was getting frustrated because I was being pulled all these different directions, you know, um, bookers wanted me to be clean, but they, you know, they wanted me to come and do shows because they could trust that I was, um, dependable. And, you know, but when I started asking for, you know, better gigs, when I started asking, really, when I started to ask the headline, uh, 
I just kept getting turned down because they're like, look, you know, you're a very dependable comedian and we love working you, but you're not a headliner. Right. And, um, and so I, uh, I was like, I, I've been doing all this work thinking that that was going to help me climb the ladder. And I wasn't even having fun with it. You know, wow, I wasn't yeah. enjoying it. And, and I had gone, I got into that, like I won the porn laugh off at 19. So it was two years after starting comedy and I was the youngest to do it and put me out on the road. That's how I got out on the road and everything. Uh, and when I, uh, been out there for like four years doing comedy, you know, working, uh, up in Canada all the time, um, doing shows for like Jeff Connors, uh, out at Rushmore and doing the Midwest in January. I uh, know. Yeah. And doing all that stuff and having a great time, you know, right. um, and then started working for Tribble and Pat and it was like Pat and Tribble that, you know, they didn't want to headline me and Rushmore was already gone by that time. Mm. And so, uh, I'm like, I was getting frustrated because I had, I had sort of, I stopped writing because, you know, you, sometimes you, you know, especially when you get out of the gate and things are going good and you, you don't want to really try new shit or yeah, you just coast. Yeah. You just, it's like, Hey, it's safer to just do this. Right. And I, and, and here I am, I think I was 21 at this point and I'm still doing jokes about, uh, right, you know, riding around on a bicycle and, you know, and I was, you know, I was doing jokes that didn't even fit the storyline of who I was anymore. You know, okay. yeah. it's like, I'm no yeah. longer, a you know, I'm no longer a 17 year old kid, right? you know, uh, that's getting lifts, you know, to gigs by his mom. I was a grown ass <laughs> man at that time. And not, not that I was a grown ass man, but you know, I mean, I was definitely, I was definitely grown up and the weird thing about being in comedy when you're young and you're working with comedians that are, um, you know, between, you know, mid twenties to mid, you know, thirties is, you know, you grow up quick. Like, I mean, <laughs> just I, being around all like that bitterness. <laughs> right. No, totally. <laughs> I mean, and, and you just, you learn to like, I mean, I didn't really think of myself as the age that I was uh -huh. uh, because uh, I was doing work with people that were not my age and they were teaching me everything I needed to know about not just being on the road as a comedian, but being on a road of life, you know? Right. I mean, I, I saw, you know, and if they weren't teaching me personally, I was looking at them and learning lessons, you know, and going, okay, well, that, <laughs> not that's gonna not do something that. I want to do. Yeah, <laughs> well, so. let's, let's, let's just preface this too, is that um, you have had MS for, I don't know how long you, you, I don't know when you were diagnosed, but yeah, you live, you live, oh, I'm sorry. You oh, lived, right. you lived a bit of a sheltered life prior to comedy. I mean, kind of, I mean, I, I actually, you know, I had a lot of good friends. I was not really bullied that much in, in school. No, I, I don't think you're a bully, but I mean, you, I, you told me one time that you just, you just felt like you hadn't had all the other experiences when you oh, first yeah. came into it, that nobody else, that everybody, all the other people had had. Yeah. I mean, there, you know, I learned early on that, 
you know, I, I mean, that's, I, I knew I was going to be a comedian in, in the fourth grade. Cool. Um, that's and, cool. and, and this is the, like the, you know, I don't mean to go off on a side tangent, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. but it's kind of your signature piece. Yeah, so go ahead. But, um, <laughs> in the fourth grade, uh, my family, we went to my grandmother's house, my uncle at the time, you know, he was pirating back in, in, you know, <laughs> in, in the fourth grade, I think I was, I think it was nine or whatnot. Um, I wish I had all the, the numbers on this one because it's, it's pretty important. Um, when I went to my grandmother's house, he was pirating beta tapes. And for anyone who's listening that doesn't know what that is, beta became, you know, came before VHS and, right. um, and, and it was, it was a very small window of time, but that's how long ago he was recording stuff. And then we would go and watch and my family's Italian. So comedy was a big thing. We joked around all the time. And, uh, so we went there and, uh, he had the new Richard Pryor live sure. and it's the, it's actually the first live show that Richard Pryor ever did. It's the one, uh, it's on Netflix right now, actually. Um, uh, Patty LaBelle opened for him. It's the one he did at God, I, the theater. I know he was in LA. Yeah. Yeah. And the strip. I didn't he was at the strip. Yeah, I didn't realize until I had done some research that um, that was the very first motion picture comedic special ever. Like right. that, that's he, that show made all of the other comics that, that have, that have done, you know, where you would have to go to the theater to watch their show, like right. Eddie Murphy and, and uh, Chris Rock and, um, uh, you know, I mean, well, that, Richard, he, that, that one was done like in the seventies. Yeah. Um, I, it was 70. I, I think I was eight, I was eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was 19, I think it was 1979. Yeah. And I, and I was born in 71. I was eight years old. Yeah. And I watched the show and everyone in the room is laughing. And I think they think that I, you know, it was okay to let me watch because I was eight <laughs> and I'm not going to get any of it. And I sat there and I watched and I wasn't laughing, but it's not because I didn't think it was funny. It's because I was like, that's literary magic. I, whatever he was doing was so special to me. It was I, special. It was amazing. I, it was. It's oh, yeah, one of the still best holds, holds shows. Up as one of the best shows of yeah. all time. Yeah. Like oh, it, yeah. uh, from the second he got on stage, the second he got off. Yeah. And, Richard Pryor. Mm -hmm. Whenever they put together hundred funniest comedians ever, he's at the top two or three. Yeah, it was just. Yeah. I mean, it was so. And then, and then, just, and I just realized this like a few months ago that I was eight. Like, as I was telling uh, my girlfriend's son, I'm like, you know, I was kind of telling the story. And then I looked it up and I'm like, oh shit, I was eight years old. I knew then that's that I wanted to be a comedian. And, and so when I was 17, that's when I finally had the opportunity. I called Joe Rastatter, which was the uh, producer. Him yeah, and we Mike had Jenkins. Joe on. Yeah. yeah. And, mm -hmm. and Mike Jenkins were the ones running the show. Um, and I said, hey, I'm 17. I'm having a debate with my brother. I think I, have to be 18 he thinks i have to be 21 and joe's like you can be 17 you can come down you know next week and i was like i 
I'll come down and watch next week and then I'll go up the week after. And I did, I went down and I watched and um, I, I remember um, Dave was uh, not, not Dave Anderson, um, Dave Walker. Uh, you know, I remember watching him and a couple other people and I'm like, oh man, these guys are really good. And then I went back the next week and, you know, scared as hell and almost left, but they were calling my name when I was getting ready to leave. And I went up and just sucked terribly. And uh, <laughs> I remember saying, I'm like, Hey, I really sucked. I get that, but I'm going to keep coming back until I get it right. And then, uh, you know, two years later, I, I, you know, win the lap off and, and it was three months after that I actually got my first good laugh show. It's because I had been going up with notes the whole time. And then one day I said, you know, fuck the no notes. notes. And, I, yeah. and I put the notes down and went up and that was the first good set I'd ever had. That's and, great. Uh, but back to, back to what you were saying, Art. Um, <laughs> why did you why did you go from clean to your new year and so i was just you know trying to make everyone happy and when i realized that wasn't doing me anything and i hated my act uh i scrapped my entire act and and just started writing all the things that that i never wanted to tell anyone Mm, All, all the things that that i thought um man if they find this out you know and yeah, that's honestly how I went about it. You know, I that's, think that's like, I gotta why, say, that's like, so courageous, beginning. Lonnie, that, it, that is such a courageous, more courageous than just saying, fuck, I think yeah. actually getting <laughs> up and speaking your, your biggest uh, fears like that. And yeah, innermost I mean, feelings. I, I, there was, you know, I grew up Catholic. So, you know, the idea of masturbating, you know, you were going to go to hell and I'm like, man, I'm going to, I'm going to go to hell. I already started off bad. You know, I don't know, (laughs) you know, why would he would punish me more, you know? And, and so I I don't know. I just, I just felt like I should just share um, all those fears. And because I, I just, and when I started doing that, it felt so good. And People thought it was so liberating. I mean, people really enjoyed like hearing all these things. And it, I realized, man, I'm not the only one that has these fears. And no, and yeah. so it was never about being dirty. It was about being honest. And it just happened to be that not all of the things that I've done in my life um, are wholesome. No, and if you, if you're being and, honest, you are dirty. Yeah, and so, <laughs> I, right, exactly. And, a dirty, dirty boy. Yeah, and so I just, I feel like Someone getting, needs to spank you. Yeah, I feel like, Art, right, you're getting some stuff off of your chest for the first time. <laughs> but, yeah, it was just, and, and since, like, for several years now, uh, I tell people, I'm like, look, I'm not, I'm not dirty, I'm honest. Right. And yes. life is uncensored, so why in the fuck shouldn't my act? Me, you yeah, know exactly because what comes that, through on stage when i'm watching you is authenticity you're being sincere this is who i am take it or leave it right i i, I mean and i i have an interesting time on stage um i think i there's this thing that i do that i think makes me unique to the majority of comics out there uh i have i have such a a personal connection with the audience from the time I get on stage. And, 
I don't have a problem getting emotional in front of the audience. I don't have a problem showing them pain. I don't have a problem uh, letting them see something raw. And, and it, it creates this tension that, uh, that, you know, makes people feel when they weren't expecting to do that in a comedy show, but that tension, when it snaps, when I'm bringing them, you know, through a story and then I get to the end and, and lead them out of the cave safely. Uh, it's such a relief to know that <laughs> they could experience all of that in one story. Right. And, yeah. Uh, and, and so I, once I sort of found that voice, right. Um, and the, the thing is the, it's paid big dividends for you. in a lot of time when I've been watching you on stage, but it's also, uh, you've paid a price for it. It's cost you some things, yeah. some opportunities. Yeah, uh, definitely. And everybody told me that, you know, I mean, everyone said, you know, do, do, but I'd already, you'll never work and, corporate. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like and, that's a and, curse. <laughs> yeah. I know. And I'm like, that's, that's good. Like you're selling me on something, you know? And, uh, I, you know, it's, it's weird. Um, you know, I have, but, and this is kind of true with everything in my life. Um, I think it's more important to I think it's more important for me to be happy feeling I'm, I'm doing what makes me feel good inside mm -hmm. uh, than to uh, do what I was doing in the beginning, which is just being fake. And, mm -hmm my jokes weren't working at that time because I, I, you know, you can't sell something that you don't like. You can't. And I, I'm, I'm such a bad liar. I'm a, I'm really a very, I'm too honest of a person. And, and that, you know, gets me in trouble because apparently people don't, uh, people say they want to be honest and they're like, no, don't, don't share that with me ever again. You know? So, um, but I, uh, I couldn't be fake on stage and, and it wasn't until I stopped being fake on stage that I started really enjoying myself. And I think that's the other part that the audience likes is that they can see that I am generally having a, a phenomenal time talking to them and, Great. and sharing my life. So, uh, so I don't see it as dirty. Um, I see it as being, honest and what got me into like oh, we're gonna okay we have we want to get some other questions in is it okay if i i stop oh yeah for just a yeah second? no that's fine yeah because we because i think you know i got on it we could go two hours to three hours with you you just you're such, yeah no you, you you're so like... you're so eloquent eloquent <laughs> and we have you have such a good sense of self um let's skip forward about i'm going to say it's probably what is this uh when okay so about five was it five years ago or four years ago um i talked to you we had a conversation i think we were messaging back and forth mm -hmm. and you uh you have something that you're going to talk about today that's exciting that you haven't told us about that you're going to announce i believe but yeah. um but one of the things that I was so proud of you is that I, several years ago, and you'll correct me when the actual years, uh, you applied for America's Got Talent. 
Uh, was it was it America's Got Talent? No, uh, it was it was Last Comics. I think it was. I think you're talking about Last Comics. Oh, Standing. Last Comic Standing. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was AGT. So it was Last Comic Standing, and I remember going, God, and it was, and they've really kind of strung you along. I um, mean, they did. You 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 did really well, but. I think I think you're right. I'm getting I'm getting something else mixed up. Uh, I think that I I I whenever I had an opportunity to do something more that I thought I would get a credit or anything like that, I would right. do it. And yeah. I always I always did terrible. Uh, I just you know I would show up and I would just overthink everything. Right. And the reason why I got that mixed up is because um, a few years ago it was season nine of last comic standing um mm -hmm. uh i had just broken up with rachel and i was in a really really dark place i was uh you know almost homeless at one point just for a brief period and uh i mean i was <laughs> looking back like i was crying every day <laughs> like i would yeah, just yeah. i would just be in the shower crying and I, it was a really uh it was a really interesting experience and and then, uh, I, and then AGD called and you said, I'm yeah. ready. And, I, and <laughs> nothing like came of the, that show at all. Like, I mean, yeah. I just didn't do good. And, and then that was it. Like there was nothing. So what you said, I remember you saying that they were more, they were more impressed. They were more, they wanted more of my story, my backstory than they were interested in my talent. And I think, yeah. I'm, um, yeah, because, uh, that sells, you know, when you're doing, when you're yeah. doing they do like a reality comedy thing, they, oh, yeah. they want to tell a story of the comeback kid or yeah. whatever, you know, right. and, um, which is odd because when I, because I got my credit with, um, with the last comic standing and, right. um, so going through that process and going through all the, the weird, uh, pain and then, going up and trying out for last comic standing i remember like distinctly that i didn't want to go like i you know i got the email from rachel that nbc was trying to get a hold of me and i was referred and they're like do you want to come up and do a set and i'm like yeah so i drive up to seattle and the whole time I'm, like crying up to seattle listening to my music and mm -hmm. and thinking that i don't i it's the first time i wasn't rehearsing my act and didn't give a shit about Mm -hmm. any of it and then i go on stage i go up second the host and then one person and then me and then i went up and i had such a great set because i i guess you know i didn't care it's the one time i didn't overthink yeah. things because i didn't even want to do it you know i was doing so good that i couldn't finish my set because they were laughing so much that and you if you didn't get off at a certain time you would you would lose the opportunity right so at the end i go hey i'd like to finish that story but i'm out of time and so good night everybody and then so it was a great show and then i felt like a bad it was a bad dismount and then a few days later they're like you know we loved your set do you want to come to la and then it just kind of all went from there yeah but when they called me <laughs> to uh, you know, this is, I already know, like, I'm, I know that I'm going down there and all this is going to go this, I forget what department they're, but they're calling to, you know, talk to me, to interview me to kind of, and I didn't, I guess I didn't understand what their department was. I thought they just wanted to know my, a little bit about my life so that they understood, you know, didn't, I wasn't conflicting with anything. I didn't know 
what his job really was, which was to, you know, hear, you know, a story about my life, you know, and, yeah. and to see whether or not it would fit into some sort of script. Right. And I, and I think that affected how I would go, whether I would go further or not, because when he called me and he's like, you know, what, what is it that you're doing now? And how are things? And I'm like, well, things are, you know, you know, pretty terrible, actually. <laughs> like, you know, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm just, telling, you know, there was no. That's where that I'm just too honest. Yeah. Thing came in. Well, I mean, I just missed. Are you guys doing his... a show called Almost Homeless? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't know what he was. I know that that was the part I, you know, and yeah, I'm just yeah. because didn't know what he was fishing for. If I knew that, that's I'd where been a like, manager comes in. Yeah, because that's I mean, what a manager is for. I totally would have done things. And I learned, like I learned, like, I, yeah. because I had really done a lot. I, I, when I broke up with Rachel, I had almost like had nothing. And then Don let me live with him, Don Frost. And uh, because, you know, I, I had like a, almost a mental breakdown and they're like, dude, just come and live with us until you can get your shit together. So I had this month of being at his house and I said, look, you're giving me a break. I'm going to figure this out. And I told my kids and I told Don, I said, I will be in an apartment by July of whatever that year was. And um, it was July 1st that I got that apartment. Okay. And, um, and so and then all that happened. So I had a story, you know, yeah, for I, sure. you know, I had, I remember story. being at my house one time thinking, yeah. uh, I was watching this one comedy show or something and, uh, or this movie and, and it was about someone who had lost everything, but actually had more than they thought they did. And I started looking around and going, Oh shit, I actually haven't been sitting still this entire time. I've, you know, I've got an apartment. I, my kids are happy. Every, like, so I had a good story. I just, I just told him my feelings instead, you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And feelings don't really necessarily, yeah, then, yeah, they no, don't, yeah. They, yeah. No. I mean, I remember getting off the phone with him and thinking, God, he felt, I I think he was uncomfortable with that conversation. <laughs> I, yeah, I think they wanted to hear about the CP. They wanted to hear right, about, yeah. they always want, they want that, you know, right. that rags to riches kind of a thing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so you've got some big thing that's popping that we're not, uh, we haven't been privy to yet. So are you still well, excited about this or? Yeah. I mean, it just, it just unfolded. Um, I, I've been really, you know, struggling about like, uh, when it's time to go back and, and do a show again and stuff. And, uh, -huh. uh every year we do a show on, on, uh, Thanksgiving, the day before Thanksgiving at this uh, bar in, in Gresham, Cedarville. It, um, 20, uh, 2020 would have been, would have been the year, uh, it would have been the 10th year anniversary so of, of, of that show. And when I first started doing the show, it was me. I would headline every year. I did that, I think, for four years. And then then I was like, look, I'm done headlining the show. I want to start bringing other comedians in. And it's just a once a year event. And, um, and so then I started bringing in all sorts of comedians to headline it because it had turned into a really good show because it's the only one time a year. It's the right. day before Thanksgiving. It's a perfect time to, um, 
families coming in. They don't really like them anyway. Right. And they have the entire week off. And, and so, uh, you know, I was pretty excited about, um, you know, bringing these comedians in because it was just turning out to be a great gig. But uh, so on the 10th year, I wanted to go back and, and I wanted to headline it. Uh, because, you know, I do, you know, one person shows now. I don't even have a feature. I just do an hour and a half. And uh, Jesus, God. Yeah. I don't know. I have a blast. What are you nuts? <laughs> well, I just, you know, I've, I got to the point I'm like, I have too many stories. I'm really, and, and, <laughs> yeah, I'm true. If, I'm having too much fun. And then the other thing is like, I, uh, I thought, okay, I could open up my own show and do and not dig myself into a hole. Or if I do dig myself into a hole, I can blame myself or, you know, I can keep doing it the other way. And I also like comedy, you know, when you're just doing road stuff, you're not making a lot of money. So I'm like, I want all of the money, you know? And mm -hmm. so, you know, $300, if you're doing a regular standard gig is better than two. And so that's kind of why I went that route. And, um, but uh, so I, I was excited about doing the show and returning and doing, you know, a, a new, a new set form. And then COVID hit and we had to cancel everything. And, and at that time, I thought it was going to be the 10th year anniversary of the show. And I thought it was going to be my 20th year in comedy. And I don't know why I thought it was my 20th year because Sharon Lacey reminded me when I made this post um, at the time that, no, I'd actually been doing it almost 30 years. And, um, and I, 89. I, yeah. And so I was, I didn't, I was like, oh shit, there was like a whole 10 year period where I just, <laughs> I yeah, but I was wrong about that. It was, um, it wasn't 2020. And so it, it turns out that it just, it was meant to be that that sort of happened, but it, it felt, I mean, I remember at the time not doing the show and thinking, God, I, you know, I can't believe we're not doing a Thanksgiving show. And and then COVID hits and all that. And then we all just go into lockdown and comedians never do comedy again. You know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And so like that. then I realized that, you know, I can redo the 10th year because we, you know, we can just do that. And um, then I realized that my 30th year is actually this November. No. Yeah. I started 30 years ago this November. Okay. And I turned 50. And so, so it's, a, it's a banner year. It is a 10, 20, 30. And uh, so I, I've been struggling with whether or not we should do it, whether or not they'll want to do it because of everything going on. So I, I emailed uh, Frank um, last night um, because I knew we were doing the podcast and, and I thought, what, you know, if they do want me to do it, this is a, a good opportunity to just put it all together mm -hmm. and um and then we confirmed it last night and um, so you're gonna do it gonna do it um That's it's awesome. uh the 25th wednesday the 25th at cedarville and uh, cedarville uh, bar and grill cedarville uh, cedarville inn on uh like it's like just off 180 i think 89th and powell in gresham okay Okay. Um, yeah, Cedarville Inn, and it'll be the uh, it'll be the tenth year doing it. Um, Say the date again, please. 
uh, it is Wednesday, November 25th, the day, the, right. the day before Thanksgiving. Okay. And, uh, and it's just going to be me and, um, it's going to be, you know, a celebration of my birthday, my 30th year anniversary and, um, 10 that's years so there. great. Yeah. It, I mean, that's great. When that's he fun, said yeah. yes, and they all, we, we're going to work out the details. There's more, we haven't confirmed everything. We, I think that this is, we've never done this before. We've always had the well, show. Send us, send us, so I want to stop before I said I want this. Send us your information and the link where people can buy tickets. Yeah. So, um, and we'll post that. Okay. I, I think we're going to keep it private this year um, because of oh. COVID. And, and so that's the, so I will, uh, once I get all of that um, confirmed in the next few days, uh, I'll, I'll follow up with you guys and send you that information. But yeah, I, I, I'm uh, super excited about it though. Well, I hope, I hope I'm glad it's going to happen. We, uh, uh, congratulations on that. That's great. What I remember about Thanksgiving shows and I used to do shows, uh, at Harvey's in the Thanksgiving week. And it was always the best week to get because ever the family's all in town, they got nothing to do. And they're all wondering like, ah, man, we've, We've had our turkey. We're all here together, and we're tired of watching TV. And I sure don't want to talk to you anymore. So they <laughs> yeah, love a good comedy show. Yeah. I'm doing. I'm doing one. I'm doing one uh, at Kelly's Olympian on uh, Saturday, the 27th. It's a fundraiser, nice. and uh, there's a Friday night show. Also, as an all headliner show. So wow. So there's some nice. Yeah, I was really happy to get my. Uh, yeah, I was really happy to to do that. It's going to be fun. I only have to do 15, 20 minutes, uh, which won't even pay for the parking downtown. But anyway. <laughs> I, don't, but, I have to ask you guys something. Like, since you guys, like, got back into doing shows again, because you, you know, I remember seeing some of your stuff, like, and, like, that's when I realized that, like, some comics were, like, getting, getting back into it, and I still wasn't ready. Um, just personally, too, like, there's... But, you know, what what have you noticed about getting back into it that is different and better or worse than it was before? Uh, my yeah. act. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to get back to what you were doing and you don't want to do what you were doing anymore. So, yeah, that's that was the biggest adjustment for me is like trying to remember my act, and then try to write new stuff that was relevant to what's happening in the world now. Uh, right. You know, it, it, that's that was the biggest struggle. How about you, Susan? Um, yeah. Sorry, I pushed a button. <laughs> the button. Um, <laughs> I think it was the yeah, just remembering my act and having that. But I've noticed um, of late, um, there's a real divide in the audiences. Yeah, I mean that's one of the reasons. It's a why real. I mean. It's a real. It's a real tangible feeling when you go on stage especially if you watch the show prior to your 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 set uh there's a difference in there's a Uh, real divide there's a divide in the crowd there this is the first time i think ever in in our modern history where comedians have not been able to be there to heal something that's happened and are now a target of, you know, not allowing us to like express. Yeah. Well, there's um, the cancel, the cancel culture. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. um, and so it's, it, that was a big struggle for me is like, I, it's not that I just didn't want to go back to comedy because of COVID. 
people, I mean, just people were ugly. I just, everybody was mean and I just didn't want to do a show in front of people like well, that. Well, you're, you're going to, and no offense, but you're going to walk into an area that is very different. Yeah. I mean, this, I, this show and yeah, I mean, Gresham is, they've had I'm, some, I'm had ready for that. And you know, the, uh, the, the advantage is that it'll be mostly people that are there who know me and know right. what I'm going to do. So exactly. it's not going to be quite the same, but one thing I promised myself, you know, returning to the stage is that, you know, comedy has always been a struggle because of the industry and the way they handle money and the way uh, they, they view us as, as talent. Um, and I'm just, I'm not going to risk my life to do comedy and not get what I think I deserve at this point. So I, I have a whole mindset that's different than it was, you know, prior where I'm right. like, you know, if I'm going to do it, then you're either going to give me the money that I want and, and I want the show that I want or right. I, why I do it. And right. that's the only big difference I think that I'm going to have going forward. Right. Well, I think, well, good. That's it's, um, it's it, glad I'm glad you're coming back. Yeah, That's what we're, I, I'm really glad you're coming back. And it, uh, if if our listeners have not had a chance to see Lonnie Brune in uh, in the flesh, please. Uh, I know that you have a page, uh, but um, we're going to get some information from you, and we'll post where they can people can can find your information where you're going to post where you're going to be performing yeah. from now on, and. Um, God, it's been great talking to you. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. It's man. just the been great. The sooner you get back out there, the better, Lonnie. I think the comedy world will be better for having you uh, on stage again. And well, so- I I appreciate that. I I have to tell you guys. Um, I mean, I I've been lucky because I've I've grown up um, under your wings. I, I you know, your your family to me. You you were. Well, it was easier uh, to slap you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys taught me a lot, and uh, so this was just as much uh, important for me to to talk with you guys again, and and you know whenever you want, like you guys. We will. Are, we'll check in because you're you're a great interview and you have great stories, and uh, <laughs> we only have an hour, but we're really yeah. uh, we're really happy that you stopped by with us today, and. Uh, Good luck and have a good holiday season. And if I don't get to give you a hug for your birthday, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah. Happy holidays to you guys. And, and uh, we'll, we'll all get to, you know, see one another eventually. <laughs> let's, so. let's, let's do that. All yeah. right. Yeah. Love you guys. So, we'll see you later. I love you, Lonnie. Take, we'll miss you. Take care. Have yeah. a Lonnie, great show. text me all your info so I can post it. Okay. I will do that. Okay. Okay. Take care, dear. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>